0: Well, it is episode 51 here of the Cherokee Rewind. Thanks for hanging out with us. I am Mick. My guest this time around is a guy who played uh, within the last decade. Uh, a <laughs> more recent guy, actually. Uh, and uh, he goes by the name of Nick Brazil. And, Nick, uh, I always do this thing where I try to remember your jersey number, and I, I I think I got it. I'm not real sure, but you'll tell me because I'm usually wrong most of the time. <laughs> but uh, uh, but uh, if I remember, I'm trying to remember. If I I know it wasn't a traditional number, and if I my memory serves me because I don't use the internet to look things up. Uh, I think it was was it 52?
1: No, I was I was either 20 or 25. I think. Oh man, it's been what seven seven years. Yeah. Six or years i think i was either 20 or 25 those are those are my two numbers
0: growing up yeah okay well and then so i was wrong <laughs> anyway <laughs> what else is new um uh, but um uh, anyway nick uh welcome first of all and thanks for doing this um, well thanks for having me oh you bet um let's uh i don't know let's just do the basics and get them out and uh get to know who nick is because uh you know you were a uh, uh, you were a tough guy, a role player. You did you did a little bit of everything in your time in Toledo. And uh, I want the folks that, uh, you know, because different people from different eras, and including some members of this year's team, they listen to these. So, awesome. you know, to get them a chance to kind of get to know some of these guys from the past who paved the way for them and, uh, and for you, you know, it's just... Yeah. Uh, it's uh it's always a nice way to get to know folks. Uh tell me about uh how you got your start cuz you're from Michigan, I know that. Uh yep. what part of what part of the state were you from?
1: I'm from mid Michigan, so um the big city around me is Flint. Uh most people know about it from uh, the water water crisis with all the lead in the pipes and stuff like that, but the yeah, mid Michigan area.
0: Well, um, uh Flint actually used to have a team in our in the league. Oh, that's
1: right. Yeah, yeah, the Junior Generals.
0: Yep. And uh, that, uh, when we were in the Central States League and in the NA3 for a, for a bit, uh, yeah. Flint had the, had the junior generals. I remember that very well because we used to go up there and play at, uh, I can't remember the name of the rink up there. What? Iceland. Iceland, that's it. Iceland Arena.
1: Yeah, it's yeah, a stone's throw away from my house.
0: Oh, okay. So uh, now um, I take it you grew up playing there and skating there?
1: Yep, yep. Uh so I started I started skate when I was four or five years old. My dad got me out there and then uh just kind of fell in love with it, played house hockey, went on up to travel when I really really caught the bug and um played high school hockey in at uh, Flushing. And that's actually how I met John Jepsen, who I believe was on your podcast not too long ago. Yep. Um he was my senior uh, my senior year, he was my hockey coach. And he's the one who hooked me up with Scott Searing, who got me drafted.
0: Wow. Small, yeah. So small world after all.
1: <laughs> yeah, it was a crazy turn of events for sure.
0: Well, okay. We'll get to that here in just a minute. I want to, like I said, I want to get to the folks to get to know you a little bit. Um, who was your favorite player growing up?
1: Nick Lidstrom, hands down.
0: Hmm. Why?
1: I. Uh, he's just such a classy guy. Like he was a no nonsense, just player. He he didn't get into any trouble. He wasn't a big showboat. He was just straight class and he did his job real well.
0: Okay. And uh, I take it you were a wings fan growing up.
1: Oh, absolutely.
0: (laughs) Okay. So you got, you got an extra couple bonus points in my book. So (laughs) that's a good thing. Anyway. So, um, you know, I, uh, I mean, when you put, when you think about that from back then, um, man, it's got, it, it's got to be kind of weird, you know, all that success they had, uh, the 25 years in a row making the playoffs. Uh, and then now, you know, it's been a, it's been a rough go for them. Here. Oh yeah. And yes, it
1: has. It's,
0: it's been really hard to watch, but I mean, you know, I, I guess hope springs eternal. I can, I can. I can sort of commiserate with Cubs fans, you know, about uh, every spring, you know, there's always next year Uh, in our, in our case, it's usually by as before winter gets here. It's a late fall. It's like, okay, yeah, well, there's always next season, but uh, you know, so anyway, you know, um, growing up watching that and stuff. um, Do you remember uh, your first team that you played on of organized hockey?
1: Organized hockey, I believe it was the Flint Icelanders. Okay. And we'll go we'll go past house. So uh, when I played travel, it was the Flint Icelanders. And I played with them for like six years, I think. Wow. Right around there.
0: Okay. Now, do you remember, do you remember though, when you played house, do you remember your first coach?
1: Mr. Peterson. Okay. And I still play against his son.
0: And men's league. <laughs> wow. Yeah. It is a, see that again, small world. But, um, I mean, I was just thinking too, you know, I mean, that's the thing I always like. I always like to uh, talk about guys who helped, uh, spark an interest in the game, regardless of how perfect or imperfect they were when it comes to, when it comes to coaching, because usually let's be honest at that level, it's usually some kid's dad, Oh
1: yeah, you somebody's, know somebody's forcing somebody to play just uh, so they can live vicariously through their kid.
0: Yeah, or or the fact that there's just no one else to do it, you know. Yeah, you yeah, know that too. So you know, but you know, usually it's it's something in those lines. But the thing is too is that those guys are the ones that can either develop a kid's love for the game or kill it. Yeah, absolutely. You know? You know, and that's why I always, you know, I always like to know the guys that, about the guys that, uh, you know, the unsung heroes, you know, those are the guys that, uh, you know, they either get a kid's interest, sparks the love, or he just gives up on the game or doesn't have the interest. And it's usually those guys are the ones that develop it. And then, you know, you as you go through and you play travel, et cetera, as you go through the ranks, that's where you get the coaches, you talk about how intense they were and everything yeah. else you know oh. and i'm sure we'll get to a couple of those but, oh yes
1: sir uh, yes sir yeah.
0: so so nick um you know tell me now when you went from when you went from uh, house to travel i mean i know as a as a little kid you're not going to think about this or anything like that but was there anything different that you noticed about the game itself like was it faster was it uh did you notice better players were you nervous playing at that point um,
1: I don't think I was nervous just because I was so young. Um, it was still a lot of the same kids around the area. Like I've seen around the rink. Um, I think the only difference is, is there was less of a skill gap. So when I played house, I had, I think one season I had like 10 hat tricks or something like that. Wow. And, and then going into travel, Yeah, I wasn't so much a skills player anymore, and I had to become a bit more of a grinder getting in the corners and and kind of just going balls to the wall the entire time.
0: Yeah, you know, um, I just think that, you know, sometimes, you know, and it's nice that you figured that out early on, because usually what happens is you don't discover that until, you know, much later. (laughs) Yeah. Whether it be in high school or or, or, or if you're in midget triple A or something, you know, yeah. that you have to transition and kind of go, OK, maybe I'm I'm going to have to be a grinder for you, you know. But when you learn it early on, I think it helps you as far as developing what you're, you know, what it is you can do and what you can contribute, et cetera, yeah. et cetera. I think that helps a lot. So now when you started playing, uh, what was that? Uh, when you started doing travel, what was that what, pee week? Was that your first? T- um, I
1: think it started in Squirt.
0: Squirt, okay. Where, uh, where did you play?
1: Ah, uh, nice Islanders.
0: Okay, well, okay, that's a dumb question. Mickey told you that about three times already. <laughs> so anyway, no worries, no worries. Uh, but uh, Nick, so uh, who was your coach back then?
1: Ken Tucker, what uh, his son played on the team, and he's a local attorney here
0: now, what kind of a coach was he? was he one of those uh you know uh make a lot of noise yell and scream, or was he pretty much or more the opposite
1: uh he was he was the intense coach he was the one who who really held you accountable, made a lot of noise um and and really helped our development from a young age to hold ourselves accountable and to always work hard let's let's put it that way. <laughs>
0: Now, now, uh now—were you guys actually? Did you, I mean was he one of those kind of coaches you could uh, pull? A, uh, you could pull fast ones on each other and try to sneak it by him, or did, was he pretty? easy, he could catch, see you guys a mile away doing no, stuff. No, he could he could
1: see us. He knew he knew what was going on. I, uh, every tournament, every game, every practice, he he always had an eye out. And I can't tell you how many times we had to skate because uh, somebody was being dumb. <laughs>
0: Well, it probably helped your skating skill anyway.
1: Oh absolutely. Absolutely. Like <laughs> I said, it put me right in line.
0: Well, um now, uh did you were you able to be a goal scorer at that age at that point? I know you talked about, you know, turning over, you know, going from ten hat tricks to being a grinder, but still, I mean, were you still able to put the puck in the net at that point? Yeah.
1: Uh I still I still scored an okay amount. I mean I I wasn't I was never a top scorer on the team. Um, not that I remember at least, uh, it was, yeah, I mean, I, I just, I love to shoot even though I slap shots are my go-to. And so I just try to take bombs at the net and hopefully they'd go in, uh, squeak a couple in here and there, but I was more, I was like a upper mid pack in scoring back then.
0: Okay. Now, uh, and you went through squirt Peewee. Uh, how long, uh, what level was the last level you played in with Flint?
1: Uh, it might have been second year Pee Wee, because then Bantam, I had to go to, uh, no, we actually folded. I played at Lapeer my second year Bantam. Okay. That's right.
0: Yeah. So what was that like, going and playing Lapeer?
1: it was a, a bunch of rivals that we had growing up because they're half hour away so we'd have a bunch of league games against them um and they were always a decent team so it was uh got you accustomed from going playing against playing against people almost hating them to then having to be teammates and trying out for their team and then repping, repping another insignia on your jersey
0: well now did you i mean uh did you still play out of Iceland Arena, or did you have to go somewhere else?
1: No, nope, I had to go somewhere else. Who um, appears about 35 minutes away from Flint, and they had their own arena out out by where they were. So we ended up having to practice out there and a lot of our games out there.
0: Was it uh, – did you like the arena out there, or did you miss uh, Iceland?
1: Uh I didn't hate the arena out there. I missed Iceland. Iceland just has that home feel. Reminds me kind of of the, the Joe Lewis, where it's it's old and decrepit, but it just has that feel to it that you can't forget.
0: Well, and it's your arena, so, you know, yeah, home was home. absolutely. Well, the only thing I remember about Iceland was, man, that one rink you went into, it was cold.
1: Yes absolutely freezing
0: <laughs> you know i mean tell me about had what the that best
1: was like. ice though had yeah. the best ice i uh we had we had a lot of skates uh deep in the winter and when the humidifier didn't kick on yet yeah. we we would go in there and it would you couldn't see five feet in front of you and then your toes were frozen already so you're skating around blind on on feet you can't feel
0: oh my god that had to be horrible Um, but, uh, I mean, still, it was still, I mean, I just remember we'd go up there every now and then for a showcase and you would just freeze. And then of course, for me being a broadcaster, I would try, I had to literally, uh, stick an antenna out the side door by the Zamboni entrance just so I could uh, get a signal inside the rink so I could do, so I could broadcast the game and oh my gosh, that was nuts
1: I can only imagine.
0: Oh, it was crazy. I used to have to, thankfully, I had my my antennas had magnets on the bottom of them. Oh, beautiful. Yeah, so I would stick them, I would stick it right outside the door by the Zamboni entrance, and that was all metal there. So I would stick one there, and then I'd stick the other one inside, and then I'd have to sit, instead of up top high, up top, so I could look down on each side, I had to sit over by the door of the Zamboni entrance. And I'd sit over there about three rows up and just kind of guess what was happening down the other end (laughs) of the ice. Yeah. (laughs) You know, yep. it's like thank God it was just audio back then. All I had to do was paint the picture. So I, I, I let's just put it this way. I guess the nice way of saying is I took a lot of creative license to describe what go. was describe what was happening. Um, you spiced up the game,
1: whether it was right or wrong, no one would know the difference.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All I had to worry about was when the puck went in the net. That's it.
1: Exactly. Exactly.
0: So, so Nick, um, so you, 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 how long did you play in Lapeer? One or two seasons.
1: Uh, just the one season, just the one season.
0: Okay. And, and then we all
1: kind of dissipated.
0: Ah, I mean, now is, that's what I kind of wondered about too, was did the whole, like, I guess for lack of a better term, uh, did the scene there, the hockey scene there, it, it sounds like it, 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 uh, it went through some really lean times as far as, you know, kids playing there
1: we're, we're still struggling if I'm not mistaken. It's when, when I was going through that age is when we were just getting into high school and there was a, there was a couple of kids. And like you said, it was all just parent volunteers. And even if they were making a little, a little cash, it was nothing, nothing to truly justify their time. Um, So a lot of kids were going into high school and a lot of them were going to good high schools around this area. So, um, a couple of them went, played for their high school and there just wasn't enough to, to build a true team. And then there was a couple of teams here and there that, um, you were able to try out for but then there was so many kids trying out the, the likelihood of getting picked was,
0: was slim. Oh man, that's too bad because I mean, I always thought of Flint as a good, a good hockey market because, I mean, now I'm a lot older than you, so I grew <laughs> up watching I grew up watching uh the the Generals, you know, yeah. out at the old IMA arena when Toledo and Flint had used to have a big rivalry. Yeah, you know, so I mean, that was uh that was back in the 70s, but still it was like uh that and then of course later on when Flint was in the uh in the uh Colonial League and the and the I, the uh, re, the kind of the IHL uh, yeah part two and uh stuff when they'd play like fort wayne and and muskegon and you know all that whole loop uh but um it was i mean that's what i miss you know and i've always thought of flint i always used to look at flint as those as kind of like those um kind know? of hubs yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. you know it was, a, it was just a hub you knew you could count on and i just it just i guess i mean um I know they had for a little while there. They had uh, uh, a NA team after the Generals folded. Yeah, the Michigan Warriors. Yep. And then uh, didn't they get an OHL team or?
1: Yeah, the Flint Firebirds are here right now. We're actually not doing too bad either.
0: Oh, that's good. That's good. Um, do they draw well? Do you uh, know?
1: Not entirely sure.
0: Yeah, I mean it's it's got to be hard though. You know, I mean, I mean because there are just some places where, where uh, junior hockey works really well. And then there's places where it it doesn't draw flies no matter what, you know, I mean, there's some people, it's just, they're, they're a minor league town and that's what they want. And, you know, and I think that in Flint's case, that might be part of it. They're uh, there, you know, uh, it's a blue collar town, hardworking folks. And uh, you know, I think that's kind of how they like their hockey, you know? Yeah absolutely
1: and i think that's why the ihl did so well because it was the the grinders and the fighters you could count on six fights a game and it was exciting and
0: 10 cent beer night
1: <laughs> yeah, the, the game has kind of taken a different turn in its entirety and uh some places it just doesn't catch on as well as others i think it's i think it's coming back up here in flint though um i, I think people are starting to get kind of excited about it now that uh firebirds have kind of taken hold and solidified themselves in the town. it's not new anymore, so um i think I think it's starting to come back a little bit more.
0: Well, that's good. I'm glad to hear that, so Nick, you know uh you uh did you play high school hockey? You said
1: two years uh I, I would have preferred not to, but I mean, I guess it's good that I did. I got to meet John like I said, and um I, those years, I tried out for. I played my sophomore and senior year. Um, I tried out for a Lapeer team that was a year above mine, so the '93 Lapeer team, and I ended up getting cut. They had, they ended up winning the national championship, so they had, they had a lot of studs on their team. And then um, I played high school. My that was my sophomore year, and then is that? So I ended up playing for. Then my junior or my freshman year, I played for up here, and then my junior year, I played for a team called the Flint Phantoms for my Bantam years.
0: Oh, okay. What? Well, where did uh, that still at Iceland?
1: Uh, that one, yeah, we practiced at Iceland, yeah.
0: Okay, I just I never heard of the Phantoms. Uh, uh, were they in a different loop, a different league, or? No, uh, they
1: were. They were in the, well, the... Greatest Point Hockey League, I think. We actually ended up playing an outdoor game in Toledo. I remember playing with the Phantoms at the Ice House in a double header.
0: Okay. And you went outdoors, you said? That would be Ottawa Park.
1: Yep. Yep. And then it was uh later on that day or the next day, I think we had like a little little head and head down there and then one outdoor, one indoor. And all of our feet were freezing the entire time because the ice house wasn't the warmest drink itself.
0: <laughs> no, Sap never kept that place warm. No, not at all. I think you wanted to drive the, the coffee and hot cocoa concessions, so people made sure it wasn't very warm in there. But uh, um, when you... Uh, now when you played for, uh, the Phantoms at that, okay. Oh no, I remember now you said that, that the Icelanders had folded. Yep. So it was at that point. So they had it, they put up another team called the Phantoms. I gotcha. And
1: they were, they were technically a year younger. So it was a bunch of 95s, but it was going to be my second year Bantoms. So the 95s and 94s could play together.
0: And how did you do there? Did you fit in pretty good?
1: Uh, I did pretty well from the start and then I kind of just became a role player. Like I said, a grinder. I think I ended up this season third line, getting tossed between forward and defense. Um, just kind of playing wherever they needed me. They had they had some good kids on their team too that have been there for a long time, so obviously they're gonna they're gonna take precedence over a, a new kid who's this his first year.
0: Okay. That's fair enough. Now, uh, so you go into your senior year, that had to be kind of weird, didn't it? I mean, you're going, uh, not playing high school hockey, freshman year, high school hockey, uh, sophomore, then back to, back to Bantam in junior year, then back to high school in senior. It's, that's got a, I would think anyway, I don't know, but I would think that have to probably mess with you a little bit psychologically, just as far as, uh, what to get the what kind of grind you have to get ready for
1: yeah absolutely um i mean the talent level is different with my high school so like i said i went to flushing high school we definitely weren't known as a hockey school we we had a couple of good kids we probably had six six or seven who i would say are really good i think four of us ended up going to play juniors um but it, it was a huge skill gap of we had some really good guys and then we had some kids who just didn't play for very long and they just wanted to get the hockey experience.
0: Oh, why. Okay. And who was your coach in high school?
1: Uh, oh, well, John. My,
0: yeah, but my,
1: yeah. So John was my senior year coach and then my sophomore year coach was a guy named Paul Stravato.
0: Was he another intense guy or...
1: He was more the soft spoken, soft spoken guy. He he didn't yell too much. He just kind of sat us down, talked with us. He was he was definitely a fundamentals kind of guy.
0: Okay. Now uh, you can you can just between you and me, what <laughs> what was it like playing under Jeppy? Was he a was he a hothead or does he more more closer to Paul? Uh
1: he was a hothead. he definitely was a hothead justifiably so i mean he had a bunch of us rambunctious kids running around and he had expectations that we just didn't meet i remember we beat we beat powers so powers is a pretty good school around here they're a private school for the first time in 32 years we we beat them my senior year
0: okay
1: um the next practice that we had uh, a guy named Michael Livingston. Uh, no, this was a different time. Somebody, it looked like somebody was running one of our guys in a drill, like a guy was running his teammate. Mm-hmm. And so, Jeff broke his stick over the boards, told us to get on the line, and then we skated the last half hour of practice <laughs> after the biggest, biggest win in this century. So, it was. It was a good time. He, he definitely had his moments where he popped off, but he was a fair guy. He was definitely, definitely a good coach. He got me, got me to where I wanted to be. Well,
0: you know what the funny part is, is that he sent me a, a, a link to when he played, because uh, oh, he oh. he played, um, he played, he had a cup of coffee in the SPHL uh, with okay. the Louisiana Ice Gators, and uh, they their coach was a, a guy who had a tendency to be a bit of a hothead also. And <laughs> the this coach ended up being on the sport ESPN Sports Center, not top, not so top ten count. Oh, geez. I mean, this guy went nuts, threw sticks on the ice, all this crap. He just went co- totally ballistic. And right next to him with his back to the camera. So you can <laughs> see his jersey number and his name is John Jepson.
1: I mean, so You got to get your name out there somehow. Somebody's making a scene. Just get your name out there.
0: Yeah. You know, and I mean, yeah, it's still on YouTube somewhere. But, that's beautiful. Uh, uh, yeah. I mean, so, you know, it's, I guess uh, it, a little bit of that, that coaching rubbed well, off on Jeff.
1: Luckily, he never did any of that during games. He he was <laughs> always composed during games. Practices, he might pop off a time or two,
0: but. <laughs> no, man. Oh, gosh, that's funny. Now, um, So. You know, he steers you to Scott Searing. Uh, what was that like talking with Scott and uh, the whole process? Tell me about the whole process of what it was that got you through to Toledo.
1: Well, it was actually a really quick process. Um, I was I was on my way to Canada to skate with a team in Sarnia. It was the Sarnia Legionnaires.
0: Okay.
1: Um, So I was on my way to a summer skate with them and Jepson gave me a call and he was like, Hey, do you want to get drafted? I was like, "Uh, yeah, like that that sounds awesome. And then, um, I think Scott gave me a call and I was like, Hey, we're going to draft you. And I was, I was a late pick. I think I was like third or I don't even know what round, but I could say that I was drafted now. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I was a late pick, and it was kind of like a one or two phone calls, like, hey, do you want to get drafted to Toledo? Yeah, awesome, you're drafted.
0: Well, hey, quick and easy. Um, Absolutely. Now, when when you got drafted, uh, did they give you any kind of indication of how they were going to use you or what they wanted out of you or anything like that?
1: Not really. Um, I know – Jepson kind of took me aside and he said, I'm not a skills player anymore. Everything that I'm going to get is going to be through hard work. And I, I was, like I said, I was kind of that grinder. I was the person who would give 110% the entire time. Um, and he said, if if I plan on going anywhere, I just got to keep up that work ethic and, and grind. And so that's, I feel like that's what I did.
0: Hmm. So, um, so you go to camp. Tell me what that experience was like. When you first walk, I usually ask this of everybody. When you first walk into camp, uh, was there any in, inter, intimidation factor or any kind of uh, nervousness? Um. Yeah. I mean,
1: I think there's always nervousness when, when you're going into a camp or a tryout. Uh, I got to skate with a couple of the guys in the summer. The first time I actually met Scott, I was a summer skate, and I ended up almost needing stitches because I collided with a guy center ice, reaching for a puck, and split my lip open. Oh, <laughs> Good first impression, right?
0: Yeah, welcome to the welcome to Toledo Cherokee Hockey. <laughs> yeah.
1: So, um, I think it was still still a little nerve wracking. I had I had orange laces in my skates, and I remember every single person chirping me about them uh Broads ended Brody Duncan ended up being my locker neighbor and I remember him just being relentless about it so I ended up going with the standard white um but there was there was definitely some intimidation going in there was a lot of guys it's kind of the biggest event that I have really done at that time so it was it was a cool experience but it was a little intense at first
0: well I mean uh did you get into any fights in camp or were...
1: no, no, I've I've actually never gotten in a true hockey fight.
0: I mean, I've seen you push and shove. I remember a few times of that, but
1: uh... yeah, no, no gloves dropping.
0: Okay. Now, so you go in there. Who do you remember? Like any of your first games in a Cherokee uniform? Ah. Uh...
1: Few of them, but I couldn't put them in order. I know we played Flint pretty early on in the season, um, and so that was a pretty big deal for, for me and my family, and I grew up playing against a lot of the guys at Flint, but the first couple of games, everybody was just so much bigger and stronger than what you're used to, that it gets intense. I mean, I'm am a I'm a fairly big guy myself, but when you're going from high school where hockey's not big to then almost a national level, not pro, but going cross-country to play. You get some big guys who play hard. And so it it gets intimidating sometimes.
0: Well, um, do you remember your first goal?
1: I believe. Was it against the Metro Jets?
0: It
1: was either against Metro or Flint.
0: Well, I think you would remember if it was against Flint. Yeah, oh, that's, that's I hard. remember
1: scoring against Flyn. I just don't remember if that was my first or not. I want to say it was against Metro though. And I think it was uh I think it was the time where I was driving the net and it ended up uh, I think I had two guys on me, I was driving the net, it was a weird rebound, I ended up falling, going off my butt and going in somehow. But it was a goal and I counted for me. <laughs> definitely not the cool sniper top corner story but
0: hey they don't ask how they ask how many exactly exactly so now now nick uh when you played uh that season who were your line mates
1: um i kind of bounced around a little bit i played a little bit with uh ben Tortia, if i'm not mistaken um i think i when i played defense i was on the line with brody for a second Um, I kind of bounced all around. I was on a, I played deep partner with Mando, Jake Manders. Um, yeah, I just kind of bounced around wherever they needed me.
0: Uh, was there, uh, I I mean, now how long did you play in Toledo? Was it two seasons? Just one. Just Just one? Okay. And what year was that?
1: Uh, 2012,
0: 2013. Okay. Now, um. When you play, when you were there, do you remember uh, tell me about some of the other guys in the locker room that you remember and uh, what kind of goofiness you remember about them because all the fun stuff goes on usually uh, on practice days in the locker room that's where all the bonding comes and that's where all the uh, the, the practical jokes and the and all the other goofy oh, stuff yeah. that happens Tell me some stories about that.
1: Oh man! I mean, you have the Podgorski brothers, Brett and Blake. They were they were always characters. They had very loud personalities, and so they were always in for a good time. Um, people taping, people skates, putting some clear tape across somebody's skates so when they stepped on on the ice, they'd take a tumble in front of everybody. Oh, uh, I was I was in the quiet crowd. It was me. Um... Oh, who's that other guy? Oh, man, I haven't thought about this in so long. Kevin Gregory, he ended up getting traded midway through the season, but I chilled with him for a little bit. Um, I had Jordan Fogarty to my right and then uh, Brody Duncan to the left. And Brody and Jake Manders were always, always loud, always a good time. Some of the conversations – Some of the conversations that uh, we would have, maybe not so family-friendly for the podcast, but there was (laughs) was some interesting conversation going on.
0: Who would you say, uh, now, were you, did they subject you to the rookie initiation?
1: Oh, we went to beat-ups, and uh, we all had to dress in drag, let's say. Okay. Um, so I I ended up having some spandex that I cut into booty shorts and uh, my billet (laughs) family. I my billet family was with the Podgorskis, actually. And so their mom let us borrow some some shirts and stuff like that. And we just had a good old time going to B-dubs. We had a team of 25 going into B-dubs, half of three quarters of us dressed like girls because we had a pretty, pretty rookie heavy team.
0: That is hilarious. Who is the who is the prettiest looking uh, guy dressed as a girl?
1: Jordan Pruitt. <laughs> Jordan Pruitt.
0: Oh, that's funny.
1: I think he ended up having a wig. I think at that point he had his ears pierced. So or was no Brett had his ears pierced. So he put earrings in. But yeah, Jordan, I would say Jordan was the prettiest looking girl, guy, girl, <laughs> person. I oh. just made it work.
0: Oh, hey. Yeah, whatever. But uh, now, uh, so uh, see, usually, now, did you guys have to do anything while you were in there, like sing or anything goofy like that?
1: Uh, I think they tried to make somebody. It was it was a catch-up on the shoe, and if you had ketchup, if you ended up getting catch-up on your shoe, you would have to stand up and sing for a second. And I think somebody got one verse in maybe, and then sat down mm-hmm. just because all eyes were on him and they didn't, apparently just didn't want it.
0: Well, I mean, yeah, shoe check, good old shoe check. But, yes, uh,
1: sir.
0: Now, who uh, who would you say was the best practical joker? Oh.
1: <sighs> That's a good question. Um, I would probably say probably the Podgorski brothers. I mean, you also had the, the trio line of Brennan Lehman, um, Z and Jordan Fogarty. And those guys were always joking around. So it's tough to say.
0: We had, a, we had a, quite a few jokesters. Wow. Now looking, you know, when you look back at that, um, does, uh, did, do you ever think about, um, uh, what, uh, what it could have been like if you played more than one year in Toledo or were you ready to move on?
1: I do often think, but, um, at, at that point I was pretty ready to go. I, I didn't have the best time in Toledo. I really enjoyed the guys. Um, my, my billet situation turned pretty rocky and just being away from my family from that long took a bigger toll on me than I thought it was going to.
0: Okay. That's fair enough. Now, um, to, uh, as far as uh, looking past Toledo and looking past hockey, um, where did you go to next? I
1: ended up going to uh, Saginaw Valley State University, um, played hockey out there. And a lot of my friends were going there. And it was a school I wanted to go to before I played juniors. Um, so I ended up going there for a year and, and playing um Tore my ACL there too. Oh, that was a good time. Yeah, so I played half a year there, but went went to school a full year. Okay. And then I kind of bounced around schools a little bit until I until I decided it was better that I just make some money and try to figure out what I want to do with my life before just tossing money at school for no reason.
0: Well, okay. So, um, I mean, did you have an idea what you wanted to do in life as far as? what did you want to do for a career or did you have any ideas or
1: when I was going, when I was going to SPSU, I wanted to be an athletic trainer and then the more I thought about it the money that they get and the hours that they work. So um, I thought about it a little bit more and I was like, you know, and then going through physical therapy at that time, I loved my physical therapists. They were great. They were chill. Um, And I felt like that was something that I could, I could excel in. So then I kind of shifted gears and tried to go more towards a pre-physical therapy aspect.
0: Okay. And so um, like when you, you know, like I said, uh, well, let me ask you, I mean, when you finished, uh, when you finished that final year at Saginaw state of playing competitive hockey, was there an adjustment at all you had to make as far as, you know, uh, So actually I
1: went to U of M Flint, sorry to cut you off. I went to U of M Flint and that was my, that was my last year at U of M Flint. Um, and at that point, I think, uh, mentally I just wasn't, I didn't enjoy the game anymore. Um, there, there was a good amount of politics and stuff going on. Um, some of the things I disagreed with, my confidence was, I had negative confidence, so. I think at that point I was just ready and uh, there was an adjustment um, going from playing competitive your entire life to uh, a men's league team where it's, it's more lackadaisical and um, not necessarily as, as grindy Mm -hmm. and it does make you miss the competition. Uh, I do miss the competition quite frequently because I'm quite a competitive guy myself.
0: Well, I mean, you know, it's, it's hard because, you know, you try to get a, a little bit of a fix from beer league, but uh, it's still, it's, it's not the same. Yeah. It's, it's not, not the, same. the same. No, especially when you consider how intense things were when you used yeah. to, you know, now, now it's just like, you know, guys who, 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 you know, they've got probably, they're probably about three deep into a six pack are sitting there going, you know, oh, hey, we go- you yeah oh, they please. yell at you and like, it's a Stanley cup final and it's like, Dude, come on! You know I saw yeah. I, I saw you shotgun a beer here in warm-ups, Okay, don't don't give me that.
1: But, well, then you got guys who like can't give or catch passes, and you're you're trying to buzz around the ice, and then it's then you feel selfish because you're like, all right, I'll just skate it end to end, and you're like, well, this is I shouldn't be doing this. There's a lot of conflicting thoughts that go through your head
0: yeah this is true, you know, and that's why you know it, i mean that had to be a tough adjustment so yeah. um I mean have you found anything to to fill the void in the meantime
1: uh, my job is pretty intensive right now i play i play a couple of sports I'm on two men's leagues team, two men's league teams, and uh kind of a record rec soccer league team. So those, those keep my competitive edge up, and then my job is pretty intense as well. So all the, with all those things, I don't have, don't have much time to miss anything else.
0: Well, what is it you do now?
1: Oh, it's hard to explain, but I'll give it my best shot. So I manage a care home for young adults with mental disorders who we try to train to become more independent so they can integrate into the community. Wow
0: yeah wow that is well first off that's amazing to me because i think it takes a, a really special person to be able to go into that kind of work because you i, I mean do you think maybe the 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 toughness of the in the hard hitting and the intensity of hockey you think maybe oh, that absolutely. kind of play absolutely i get
1: it when they get upset and we call them behaviors, when they get into a behavioral state, fists fly, I get kicked, punched. I've been bit a couple of times. And I mean, going through hockey, I've going through hockey. I was cross checked, you know, grinding, getting hit guys, twice my size are coming up and just laying me out. So your body gets used to that kind of abuse. And so it, it really helped me prep for this job where, uh, if I get punched or I get hit or slapped or, bit or anything you just kind of brush it off and it's another day another day in the office
0: holy smokes yeah you know, like I said that takes a, a, a altogether a really special person to be able to do that and 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 it's needed that's the thing it's needed yeah uh, you know so I mean there is a definite need for that and now does that um I mean i I think that that probably also, you know, you said it. It helps with because it's so intense. It helps fix that. That that when you're jonesing for some intensity,
1: yeah, it's your what, adrenaline pumping.
0: Yeah, fills the bill. That's for sure. Now, <laughs> uh, now, 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 be honest. Like I said, just between you and me, no one else. Uh, have you ever gotten into a situation there where your your mind reverts back to your hockey days, and you and you almost want to throw a body check into somebody? <laughs>
1: Oh, absolutely. I've luckily I don't. I've uh, been able to use my hips pretty well to redirect people. You know, just like uh, pushing somebody into the boards. You know, just rubbing them out a little bit. So when they're when they're going after, and your hands are full, you use your body and you use anything to kind of get in the way. And I think hockey's really helped uh, reaction time, just body positioning, using all your resources. Um, to be able to deter these kind of physical events that happen. And so I, I huge, hugely attribute a lot of my success to, to different hockey skills that I've gotten over the years. Well, let me ask you, uh, do
0: you uh, – well, first of all, how long have you been doing that?
1: Um, I've been working for the company about four years. I started as a direct care worker on the floor, you know, working directly – with the clients um and then i've been a manager for about three years now
0: okay now um do you see this something is something you want to do long term or uh is this uh, just a uh, just uh doing it it's good for right now
1: um it's it's still up in the air it is something that i definitely enjoy doing Uh, there's no other satisfaction, like getting, getting a client who's highly behavioral to kind of, for lack of better terms, come to their senses during these moments and kind of like rationalizing these because they come from a very irrational thought process. Um, so it's, there's, I would say there's no better feeling than, than getting those kind of turnaround moments. Um. So it's it is pretty addicting. Uh, the stress levels get real high. So it's just trying to manage, trying to manage both of those things. And uh, as long as I can keep doing it successfully, we'll see how far we go.
0: Okay, well, that's awesome. Uh, now, as far as on the hockey end of it, do you? I mean, I know you say you play you play uh, men's league and stuff. Do you ever see yourself maybe someday wanting to get behind the bench and coach?
1: I've thought about it. It's definitely a possibility. I just, uh, before I do that, I would want to be maybe like an assistant, you know, um, and kind of structure my life a little bit better. So I don't have to, I can go into it with a calm mind and I'm not bringing, it looks like I said, my job is pretty stressful. You can't take that out on kids. So kind of realign my life to make it, make it a little bit easier for that to happen.
0: Well, did you would you want to uh, coach young kids, little kids, or would you like somebody a little bit older? Oh, you know, I
1: haven't really put too much thought into that aspect. I, I do enjoy kids, and I think um, uh, I think structuring their development and kind of like what we were talking about earlier, being the coach who gets you to love the game and grow in the game, I think it'd be really cool to be that guy. But then the older kids with the the drive and the will to learn, and uh, i i could I could see myself doing either one honestly
0: so you know I mean you know after all we you could uh you could keep the the trail going of coach hothead uh, <clears throat> <laughs>
1: that's true that's true,
0: but um you know Dumping
1: sticks onto the ice mid play. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah you know yell at refs and everything did get thrown out and then as you're leaving throw chairs and you know yeah.
1: Yeah, absolutely yeah make a scene yeah.
0: if you're gonna go out go big hey jepson would be proud <laughs> <laughs> anyway so um a couple more things here before we we get done here and that is um how uh how have you seen from at least based on what you've seen How have you seen the game change from when you were younger to now?
1: No, it's, uh, when I was younger, it was a very physical game. Like they put a lot of emphasis on hitting and, and trying to do it safely. Um, but still like really throwing your body around. I think now it's becoming a bit more of a a faster paced skills game where everybody's got hands. Um, it, you still need a little bit of grinders but even the grinders you have to you have to meet a certain level of of scoring ability and and stick handling there's i don't think there's any true real grinders anymore so i think it's become a a lot more of a skill based game
0: uh, so i i reckon you're right but i mean my i hope to god they'd never ever take fighting out of the game <laughs> because that i mean otherwise all i do is just sit there college hockey is i mean i i enjoy college hockey but the stick work is crazy yeah but, you know and they got to have an outlet and, and spending yep. five minutes in the box and then going back to the game it to me is a whole lot better than oh my gosh a fight might break out oh oh God. yeah you know? No, i
1: i agree and i know there's the concussion protocols and and all that but you're playing a full contact sport there's gonna be there's gonna be instances, and I think it just holds everybody accountable. Um, what is it most of pro players say? Uh, you're gonna think twice about sticking somebody if you think you're gonna get punched in the face. Yeah. So yeah. I, I wholeheartedly agree to that. I I wholeheartedly agree. Well, I think it just holds everybody pretty honest.
0: Well, I think too the thing is is that uh, you know hockey's the only sport where you have to learn. a a skill prior to actually playing the game Yeah, you know you have to learn to skate first and then you can play and then you know it's uh it's one of those things where you're gonna you know the impact of a, a player to another if you're going full speed is a whole lot faster and a whole lot more intense than whether it be football or you know you know, even yeah. if you're on a basketball court and you fall somebody, or or you get, you know, with playing a baseball, if you get hit with a baseball, I mean, the damage you can inflict in a hockey game is far in a way greater than the other yeah. three.
1: Yeah, I think I think the pinpointed damage, like in baseball, getting hit by a pitch sucks. But apart from that, there's not a ton of other danger. Where in hockey, you're you're going 20, 30 miles an hour on knives. And you're just gliding around trying to hit other people, and then you got a puck coming at you eighty miles an hour and so there's there's dangers all around, but it's it's an adrenaline rush and it's one that once you get into it, it's so hard to get out
0: yeah well, it's because i mean let's be honest, I mean when you're a kid and you're playing travel, that's not cheap so no. for for parents that uh you know decide, okay, we're gonna make a go of this, you know it becomes like a lifestyle oh yeah. You know, you plan your vacations around tournaments out of town, you know, things like that. You, you you go all over the place and you go with other families and, you know, it's that's, you know, hey, yeah, we went to South Carolina for vacation. What about, oh, we had a tournament in Toronto, <laughs>
1: you know, yeah, the tournament in Chicago. That's our vacation for the year.
0: Yep. That pretty much is it. You know, I mean, it, it, that's that's hockey, though, for you, you know, oh, it's,
1: absolutely. Absolutely.
0: Now, do you keep in touch at all with anybody the, uh, uh, from Toledo at all? Uh,
1: not much. I I think the last couple of people I talked to were uh, Brody and Jake Manders. Um, and then I think those were the only two people I've really ever talked to after the Cherokee. Mm-hmm. Brody ended up actually going to SVSU, so I got to – got to see him and hang out with him for a second and um yeah I don't don't talk to too much like I said uh I kind of got burnt out with the junior experience um with my billet situation then towards the end of the year things just started to get get rough
0: Mm -hmm. yeah besides yeah I mean I would think probably maybe a guy or two with uh social media would probably be also a thing just to kind of keep a window open to what's going on there I still
1: follow a uh, handful of them and it seems like they're all doing well, but no, no real streamlined communication.
0: Well, that can always change. Uh, Absolutely, It's you know, not how you start. It's how you finish. That's what, <laughs> I, always remember that uh, yes, sir. because regardless, regardless of if it's juniors, if it's even your, your peewee league, you know, even though you're old now, older, you're not old yet. Wait till you get my age. I've got corns on my toes older than you. Oh um, man. Trust me. Anyway, my point is, is that it, regardless, it's not how you start. It's how you finish. And what you do in the meantime, in between them, is up to you. So, you know, so anyway, um, before we go, I want to ask you a couple more things here. And um, number one, w- knowing what you know now, after having gone through all of this, what w- what advice would you give to the 17 or 18 year old version of you.
1: Um don't get so stuck in your ways. I think I think I closed off a lot of opportunities because um I in the past didn't enjoy it or something, and then kind of growing up as I dived in. Um, I ended up really enjoying it. So kind of open myself up a little bit more for new opportunities.
0: Okay. That's very good. Now um, the other, the the last question here is um, I always end most of these with this. And that is if you, what would you say to Cherokee nation? Because regardless of the era, we got people. We've got people that still play that listen to this, and so uh, what would you want to say to uh, the Toledo Cherokee family and the Toledo Cherokee Nation that uh, follow this, and uh, what you'd want to say to them?
1: Oh man, I uh, I would like to thank them all for for any who I was involved with for kind of including me in the Cherokee family, and and Scott for drafting me, and for the the kids that are still playing. Just enjoy it while you have it. Um, no, matter, no matter how good you are, no matter how how far you're going to go, it's still going to come to an end. So really take it moment by moment and, and love every second of it and make sure that you're loving every second of it.
0: Yeah, I have to agree with you there because, I mean, it's, it's like the, that's the number one thing, hands down, not even close, almost to a person. The the people that play this game when they have to hang up the skates uh the competitive skates. And I'm not yeah. talking about beer league, but the competitive skates yeah. and then ha- and real life kicks in, it's like y- you don't realize how precious the uh whether regardless of the level you achieved, whether it was uh you know, junior B, junior A, A C H A, D three, it, it it doesn't matter. That that no one no no one really is that you know about that. It right. is the whole idea of, you know, Monday through Friday or Monday through Thursday. It's like oh gosh, it's the grind, practice. Uh, this I hate this blah blah blah, and then you but then you play the game, and then all the bonding you do with teammates and friends who become people you you, you remember, uh, and uh, for good or for bad you remember now. them and. It's like they say, they said there's um, a lot of them. It it, it isn't because they it isn't because they uh, regret, but it's because they they miss being they 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 don't they you don't realize it in the moment uh, how special it is when you're playing, whether it's in practice, uh, when when you get when they're bagging you, you know, any of that kind of stuff. You think you're hating it, but. When you, you get about 10, 15 years, you know, down the road and you look back. You miss it. You, you miss it. Miss it. Yeah. You
1: bags. Know? Oh, man. I even, I still think about the time we got bagged after, uh, oh, we got bagged after Christmas break and I had a bad sub from Subway and I was puking up all over the ice.
0: Oh.
1: And then Kenny was just lighting into me about how I wasn't skating, which I didn't, but it was the bad sub, I'm convinced. And yeah, even, even those times where you're, you're miserable, right. Then you're going to end up missing it.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I agree with you. I mean, that's, and that's the, the, that's the game. I mean, that's just the love of the game that you have for it. You know, there are times when you just want to quit. You just want to throw the, you want to throw everything you own hockey wise away and stuff because you're just so frustrated or burnout or whatever. And yeah. Then, you know, like I said, the, the perspective of time, time has a tendency to give you a different perspective. Some, you know, and and it does that with with uh, most everybody, because because yeah. because you remember, you know, the thing that burns us out or gets us frustrated or gets us angry, that's going to disappear. The, the the constant that's going to remain is the reason you fell in love with the game in the first place. Oh, Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, so I think that you know that's what at least that's what I take away from it. You know, I I used to get burned, I got burned out even broadcasting, and uh, I I tried to quit like I think about four or five times seriously. And
1: Never ends up working out.
0: Yeah, you know it's like my uh, the owner at the time talked me into coming back twice, and then uh, one of the coaches uh, talked me into coming back, and then. Uh, I had a team where the kids were like, they actually included me, you know, they were just in their fun, you know, They they were just really cool. And that brought me back another time. And so, you know, it's like, it's the you find little reasons to keep going. And, yeah. But as long as you keep going, you know, it, it, that's the key. Just keep going and, and and find ways to, you know, be a part, whether it's like in my case, broadcasting or, you know, sitting in the stands, being a fan. Uh, it doesn't yeah. matter. There's always little things you can do to, to keep that love going. And that's what I did. And that's what, you know, I hope you will do, too. And, uh, you know, like I said, I just that's why I in my mind, hockey's the greatest game of them all. So
1: I a hundred percent agree with you, my friend.
0: That is just it playing in a nutshell. Well, Nick, I appreciate this buddy, man. It just seems like it was only 10 minutes ago. We started this thing and we're an hour in already. jeez. Oh,
1: so, yeah, it's been good talking with you.
0: Yeah. Likewise, man. I really appreciate it a lot. So, uh, I, I, you know, I, we're going to uh, plan on when all when we get back to whatever is considered normal, uh, we're going to try and put together a reunion, and I hope that you are able to just come down and you know even if nothing else, just sit in the stands, watch a, the current Cherokee play, have a couple pops with us, and tell tall tales. You know, oh, of course, that's of course. that's the beauty of this. That we want to be able to do that because you know that's where that's how you grow the alumni. That's how and and that's also too how you can. Uh, you know what I mean? You can network and bond and things like that. And, and even, even when things weren't, uh, 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 perfect back then, you can always, you can always make them better now. So, oh, you yeah. know? so that's, oh, yeah. that's the beauty of it. So, so Nick, I appreciate this, my friend. And I know we'll talk again, bud. And thanks. Yes,
1: sir. Thanks for having
0: me on. I appreciate it. That's Nick Brazil. That's his story. I am Mick. This has been episode 51 here of the Cherokee Rewind. We appreciate it. Don't forget, subscribe to whatever platform you use, whether it's iHeart, uh, TuneIn, uh, Spotify, either Amazon or Google Podcast. You can do any of them. Just subscribe uh, to Cherokee Rewind, and when the new one drops, it'll notify you, so that way you don't miss an episode. So for Nick, I am Mick. We thank you for tuning in, and we'll catch you next time right here on the Cherokee Rewind.